Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up. I'm your host Greg Dietz, and with me always is Josh Fisher. How you doing, buddy? Oh man, I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, pretty good, myself. You know, myself. I had a really good weekend. How, how have you been? Better, <laughs> better than I was. Um, you guys may have noticed <laughs> that this episode is late as hell. Uh, yeah, there's reason, yeah. There's a reason for that. Um, I had a nasty infection in my tooth. Uh, what they call an abscess. And uh, we tried to record this um, the day before it normally comes out, so Thursday. Uh, yeah. But uh, right when we were trying to record, it was like my half my face was swollen, and it was hurting real bad. And um, So the way that story goes, because it's, it's, it's kind of funny. <laughs> At least I think it's funny. Uh, so on Wednesday night, when I was playing some video games with some friends online, I had noticed that like there was a little bit of pressure in that spot where that cavity is. And I didn't think anything of it because I brush my teeth. I use, you know, cleaning stuff to, to, you know, take care of it as best I can. So I thought, Oh, you know, it's just cause I need to brush my teeth. That's why it's doing this. I'll just take care of that before I go to bed. So I do. And I wake up the next morning and my cheek is swollen. Not, terribly but it's like it's vis like i can feel it it's visible and i'm concerned but i'm like you know what it'll probably just go away so i brush again no biggie and then i go to work and throughout the day it's getting worse and worse and worse like my dad can notice it he's just like yeah your face is swelling up more and more and more mm. and i'm like okay well i don't know what to do and he was like, well, you have Medi-Cal, right? Like, you, you, have, you have insurance through that, so con contact a dentist and see what's going on. I was like, okay, I will later. And like I said, I was planning on recording with Josh when I got home. Um, it, some of you know, if you're friends with Josh, he's a slow eater. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Oh, I'm an extremely slow eater. Because, you know, I'm usually in between bites, talking, telling stories, asking questions, whoever I'm eating around or with. And, like, if I go to dinner with friends, I'm always the last person eating. Um, and I, people I, are usually done before I even am remotely even like a third of the way through my stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, that does not surprise me. So... I'm sitting on the other end of this microphone waiting for him to finish his, his Taco Bell. Um, and to be fair, I only ate two tacos. Right. Uh, but to by eat those two point, tacos, it was about 25 minutes. Oh, it felt like an eternity. Oh. Because like, yeah. I'm, in, I'm in pain, and never before has Josh's speedy eating um, ever bothered me. But being in pain and tired as I was because I just wasn't sleeping well enough because of this, I was like ready to kick a puppy. I was so I was just like, oh my god, Josh, just stop eating. I was so mad. I was hungry. Um, and, and again, I have to clarify, there's nothing in, in this story where I blame Josh for a fucking thing because this is a hundred percent a me thing, but 
I found it really fucking funny later that I was like, well, I was really irritated at his, at the speed at which he eats. <laughs> um, I mean, not changing for nobody. <laughs> no, to ask you Sa- savoring it all. <laughs> um, so right after I get off the, the, the call with Josh here, I, I call, I call my dentist. Well, um, well, before that, uh, you, you, we, we ended it because before we even got to recording, because we always spend a good half an hour or so just shooting the shit and talking before we do, just getting warmed up, getting loose. Yeah. Right before we started recording, like literally, I had my I had my finger getting ready to press the record button, and he was like, "I hate to do this, but I can't do this right now. I'm in pain," and I could hear it in his voice. I mean, he was in agony, and I'd already made the offer, dude. Let's just postpone recording for a day or two until you feel better, because I'm worried that excess talking especially for an hour hour and a half is going to aggravate it even more and you're going to be even more pain as a result so he's like no no i want to push through and get it done i was like okay but then he said you know 20 minutes later oh, i'm hurting I, I can't do it tonight so you know now here it is sunday we're recording and greg feels better but what happened after you got off the call so I, I called the dentist and I explained to the girl on the other end. I said, I think I have an abscess tooth. My face is swollen. I need to see a dentist as fast as possible. And she goes, the closest uh, uh, um, schedule that we have is 2.30. Uh, and I said, okay, fine. I'll see you guys at 2.30 the next day, which was now at this point. was fr- That would have been, that's, I went to see them on Friday is the point. And uh, I did have a good chuckle to myself and text Josh about this, that I found it very funny that my dentist appointment was at tooth hurting. Um, you can't pass up a good dad joke guys. You just can't do it. No. And nor should you ever. <laughs> and if you do, you should be admonished and shamed publicly for all to see. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> so um, to which I responded, I said, well, it's a good thing you're going to see a dentist and not a mom. And Greg's like, why? I said, well, I'm going to do unspeakable things to you. I That joke went so far over my head. Holy shit, I just got it. <laughs> I was so not in the mood for a joke, even though I had given you one, that I did not pick up on that. Holy crap, Josh. <laughs> yeah, that's when I knew you were in pain. Um. That's funny. I didn't even think about that. Uh, so, um, so I go to bed that night where my face is getting worse and I didn't, I was like, okay, it can't possibly get worse from here. I wake up the next day and like, I can't see out of my left eye. It's that swollen. Yeah. He sent me a picture and I was like, fucking Christ, go to the ER, dude. At that point, it was like 11, it was 11 o'clock over here, and I was like, I just got to wait three hours, and I can't imagine it's going to get much worse. So I go see the dentist at 2.30, and he, long story short, they basically explained to me that because of the infection is why I have a, a fever, which is what's causing most of my pain, and um, that... Um, they're going to give me some antibiotics and, and uh, ibuprofen to take care of it. 
but the details to that are funny. So after I, I I'm sitting there in the di- in the not dining room, I'm sitting there in the lobby waiting for one of the ladies to come up, and she says, "Okay, can I help you?" And I said, "Yeah, I have an appointment at 2:30." And she goes, "Okay, what's your name?" And I, Greg Dietz. She goes, "Okay." She's looking at the paper. She's like, "2:30? Well, we have a Raymond at 2:30." And I was like, "I'm not a Raymond. I'm a Greg." She's like, "That's strange. Why does it say Raymond?" I'm like, "I don't know." And she goes. Are you sure you're not Raymond? <laughs> like, I mean, my ID says Greg, so I don't think I'm Raymond. Um, and she goes, that's so weird. And I, and I said, yeah, I don't know. I, I called yesterday around 5 o'clock. I, talked to, I, I didn't get a name of the person I talked to, but she said that it was an emergency. And she goes, oh, an emergency. So she looks under, like, apparently file emergency and then sees, sees my last name. But the first name they put down was Raymond. Don't get that at all. Mm. So uh, I fill out a bunch of digital paperwork and I go sit in the dentist chair and he comes over and he's like, so what's going on? So I explained to him everything that I told you guys. And he's like, okay. But what I forgot to tell him was I have a severe gag reflex, like to the point that anything comes into my mouth that's not food, my body immediately wants to reject it. So... (laughs) He, he leans me back and he puts the the mirror in my mouth, which immediately made me gag. And I went, I'm really sorry. I have a really bad gag reflex. He's like, I don't worry about it. Okay, cool. So he sticks the mirror back in and he mo- goes to move the uh, um, my mouth, like my mouth with its, sorry. He goes to move my cheek with his finger, but he was just at the front of my mouth. And I was like, ah, oh, no biggie, no biggie. He'll just look at it. And I won't gag at that. Then he decided to stick his finger all the way down in there. And so the whole time I'm just like, and I'm talking, it's that loud. I Mm -hmm. cannot control it at all. And uh, so he stops. He's like, all right, you really have to try to control that. And I go, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. There's nothing I can do. It's involuntary. I'm trying really hard to not let it be a thing. I'm trying to not let it get to my head. And he was like, you have to, or I can't see what's going on in there. And I was like, okay. So he goes again, and I'm just like, I'm pushing as hard as I can. And all of a sudden, like, all that storing of not trying to gag just came out as, like, one big, and just excruciatingly loud. So he stops, and he's like, all right, we're going to try to take an x-ray. And I was like, how is that going to be better? Like, it's not going to be better. And I'm hoping that maybe they can do an x-ray where they don't have to stick that thing in my goddamn mouth. Oh, no, that's the only way they do it. That's the only way they do it. So she's trying, the, the, the nurse or the assistant or whatever is trying to do it, and she gives me this, like, rod that had, like, a big-ass fucking, like, two-inch piece of what-the-fuck-ever that's, like, the x-ray beam is bouncing off of. And I couldn't put it in my mouth. Like my cheek was so swollen, I couldn't push it back far enough to for them to take the X-ray. And then to further that, it's so fucking big, I can't close my mouth. And I'm just like, how does anyone take an X-ray with this motherfucking thing? So there's a point where she she jams it in there real hard. She's like, just bite down and grit. And I was like, okay. And I did. And then she sprints to the other side of where I am because for some reason the press the button was on the other side of the goddamn room. And uh, and I'm sitting there like, uh, uh, 
like I'm gagging already. And she was like, just hold still for one second. And she tastes it. She's like, okay, rip, take it out. And I rip it out of my mouth. She goes, I think we got a good enough picture. The dentist comes over and looks at it. He's like, yeah, that's good enough. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool. And, and so the dentist basically tells me, he's like, it's really hard to do anything in there because your severe gag reflex. So they're going to have to put you under to take the tooth out. And uh, I can already tell you that it's not going to be a simple just pull. It's going to have to be a surgical thing. So I'm going to recommend you to an OOS. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to give you some uh, antibiotics and uh, some, like, big-ass fucking ibuprofen. He didn't say that, but that's what they are. Yeah. And uh, I got into the lobby, and I go, okay, Dad, well, we're ready to go. And uh, luckily, because of my insurance, my, my Medi-Cal, uh, government-run insurance, uh, I don't have to pay a dime, thankfully. So thanks, California taxpayers. Appreciate that. Uh Thanks for the help. Um, the uh, we head to the the local Walmart to go to their pharmacy, and I go inside and I, I give them all my paperwork and all the information. I head back to the car because they were like, "It's going to be fifteen minutes until it's ready," and I was like, "All right." So I go sit in the car, and the this is going to be gross. So for anybody that's kind of squeamish on things, I apologize. Um, the, uh, the swelling that was inside my mouth decided that was the moment it wanted to pop. <laughs> so all that, all that nastiness just poured into my mouth and I went, Oh, Oh God. My dad's like, what's wrong? And he goes, I was like, Oh my God, it popped. It popped in my mouth. And he was just, oh, God. he just starts laughing. <laughs> and I'm like, why is this funny to you? And he was like, I was waiting for it. And I was like, Oh, it's so bad. And I just started drinking water. And he goes, he, he's just like, that's hilarious. Like how much did it pop? And I was like, I can still taste it. So it's still here. And he's cracking up. I'm like, this isn't fucking funny. He's like, no, it's hilarious. So finally it calmed down. I get a text message. I go, go pick up, I go pick up my medication. I get into the car and I immediately take an amoxicillin and, and an ibuprofen. Um, I get home and I've noticed that the swelling in like on my lip and um, around my eye has gone down slightly. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I don't think amoxicillin takes the, – did the fucking popping of it in my mouth make the swelling go down? And I'm just like, you know what? At this moment, I don't fucking care. I'm going to take a nap. And because of everything that had been going on, I guess I was just that fucking tired because I slept for three and a half hours. Yeah. I wake up at 8.30, and the swelling around my eye is almost gone, and my lip is completely gone. And I even, like, I think I took a picture and sent it to you. I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, four hours later, and here we are. And uh, I think you said, Josh, you are like, yeah, modern medicine is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm glad that it took effect and your swelling started going down that rapidly. And I could tell that you were feeling better. And then, you know, I checked on you the past couple of days. Like, hey, how are you feeling today? Better. And then earlier today, you know, this morning I messaged you. I was like, hey, how are you feeling today? You're like, I feel great. It's like, sweet. So would recording be off the table today? You're like, no, I was hoping we could record it. And here we are. Literally, I was sitting there playing Tetris 99. And I was like, I got to message Josh about recording when I get home from work tonight. And then you messaged me. I was like, well, here we are. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah, so it was just, it's been an exhausting couple of days. And, and 
yesterday, uh, so Saturday, I felt fine uh, for the most part, um, but the fever hadn't broken yet, so I still felt like kind of tired, which is why I didn't propose recording yesterday. Plus, I know you have your uh, your podcast that you do with uh, the Realm folk. Mm-hmm. So I didn't I didn't want to propose it then either, but uh, yeah, man, tooth tooth shit is no joke. Kids, kids, brush your teeth for fuck's sake. <sighs> yeah, so that's why our episode's late because I got sick. I guess you can call that sick. But um, but if you're still around after that story, thank you for hanging out. Thank you for sticking with us, even though our episodes have been late for the past few weeks. I know that uh, Christmas and uh, uh, New Year's kind of fucked up our schedule, and then and then me getting sick has fucked up our schedule. And uh, but um, yeah, we're glad to have you here. We're glad to hear you. If if you guys are new to the podcast, that was a hell of an intro. But if you are new, what Josh and I do here is we talk about two shows in their entirety on an interesting platform, Netflix, Amazon, YouTube Red, or sorry, it's premium. Um, we give our thoughts and impressions on both shows. Uh, then we give a grade, like we're teachers. Um, and the reason I say it like that is because... Well, we're, we're like shitty substitute teachers. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Uh, um, this week... We're going to be talking about The Witcher, which I'm very excited to talk about, uh, and um, Lost in Space Season 2, which is actually longer than Season 1, I think. Like, more episodes. But anyway. No, they're uh, the same amount of episodes, 10. Oh, it felt, man, this season felt longer. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute here, because that's actually going to be our first topic. Um, but I want to let you guys know real quick... Um, for all of everything that we do, um, and we, we didn't really put any information out there about this episode being late, but nine times out of ten, we will. Um, <clears throat> if you want to know what our schedules are when it comes to getting the episodes out, on uh, if they're late or whatever, follow us on our social medias, guys. We have a, we have a Twitter, an Instagram, a, a Facebook discussion group, and a Facebook fan page. All of that can be followed, and you can get all the updates that you need from us. Um, this is also where you can uh, communicate with us. So when we do our uh, off-week episode called Uninhibited, which we'll be doing this upcoming Friday, we'll come out this upcoming Friday, before the Wednesday that we record, if there's a topic you want us to talk about, let us know. Um, but we'll get to that at the end of the show as well so you get more details on that. But, uh, Josh, what do you say we get into uh, some Lost in Space Season 2? Sure, sure. Uh, well, you know, originally we covered Season 1 uh, about, a, about a year and a half ago uh, when it dropped in 2018. Was it first, it, first it, episode? Nah, it was Episode 16, I think. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, um, Somewhere around there is it was literally right before I lost my leg. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, really enjoyed season one. I thought it was solid, but man, season two, I think it was better. Um, I really enjoyed what they did with this season. Um, if you'd seen season one. 
It takes place in, I can't remember exactly what year, um, but there had been an impact event that threatened the survival of humanity. And as a result, humanity was looking to leave Earth to, um, to ensure the survival of the species. So they would send out groups, colonist groups on a spacecraft uh, through an interstellar, uh, on an interstellar ship called the Resolute and take them to a habitable planet in the Alpha Centauri star system to colonize. Now to get approved for a colony group, you had to pass a series of rigorous tests, both mental and physical. Uh, they wanted to send only the best of the best. Season one, they encounter an attack for some reason on the 24th colony mission. And a lot of the smaller ships that the families will reside in while they're setting up their colonies, they're called Jupiter ships. Um, it, uh, Sorry, <clears throat> train right. of thought derailed there. The a lot of families, a lot of families, you know, boarded these ships and crashed to a small planet, you know, nearby. And the first season dealt with them getting off of the planet because it turns out that planet was pretty much self-destructing, and they only had a few weeks to figure out how to get off. And it focuses on the Robinson family and their youngest son, Will who never passed all the tests, so he wasn't approved. But his wife, who was an engineer that worked on the Resolute, very critical and important to these missions, or his mom, yeah. Did I say wife? Uh, I may have. His mother. She... Uh, I was thinking about the story. I was thinking about something that happened in season two while you were saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, Well, she made some... She traded something. It wasn't revealed what in season one to get him approved. We find out in season two what it was she traded, and it became a big plot point. Yeah. But yeah, Will, he discovers a, a robot, an alien species that is robotic, and it appears to be sentient, but it has limited speech capabilities. But it's it's kind of bonded with Will, and it uh, it's very protective of him. You know, season one ended, They everybody got off of the planet, and the planet was destroyed, but the robot was lost, too, because it was fighting another robot of the same species uh, right outside the Resolute. And it's as the Robinsons... What's that? I said, I believe it gets a name this season, too. Not the same one. Oh, you're, same, right, you're right, you're right. Not the same right. robot. Um. But as the Robinsons were trying to get aboard the Resolute, the something happened to their warp drive and it shot them through a wormhole and they disappeared. And that's how season one ended. So season two picks up. They're on uh, a pretty heavily aquatic planet and they don't know how far they are from the Resolute or how to get back to it. And they've been there for seven months. And there's a very methane-heavy atmosphere, but they've been able to put up shelter around their Jupiter and actually survive the land and farm the land immediately around the Jupiter. But they have to get off planet and it just, 
throws you right into the into the shit in the first episode. Uh, the the thing about this show, you know, they got to find their way back to the Resolute so they can find their way to Alpha Centauri. That is their ultimate goal. And this show, every episode, there is something that fucks up in the grand scheme of things mm-hmm. to prevent them from getting that goal. And then, and then something even worse happens. Well, that, uh, so, so did you ever watch a show? Uh, it was it was the basically the reboot of um, Battlestar Galactica. No, I never did. Okay. One of the funny things about that show is that it was a literal like major, major. It was a major uh, life threatening problem that would arise every episode. Like if it didn't get solved by the end of the episode, everyone's dead. Kind of situation, right? Yeah, and they even they even tied this whole thing into the board game, where the idea of the board game is that every player has certain things they can do to help the ship: add more water, add more food, yada yada yada. But then at the end of everyone's turn, you have to pick a crisis card, <laughs> and so so that everybody has to try to solve said crisis. Um, all the while, there's one player that's a, a hidden Cylon, quote unquote who is trying to sabotage and, and kill everybody. Um, it's a fantastic little board game if you've watched the show. If you haven't watched the show, it makes no fucking sense. But the reason I bring it up is because this season fucking felt like that. Like, every episode was like, well, one of them's going to die unless they solve this problem. Every episode was like that. Um, this isn't a critique as more it is a... I noticed it situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it goes a little overboard, but I mean, it's also, well, I think the show also takes a formula. Go ahead. The show takes a hard turn away from the formula that it established in season one, where season one was very much about the Robinson surviving on this planet, this alien planet that they did not know. And season two starts off with that. It starts off with that same feeling. Um, but once they get back to the Resolute, the show takes a hard turn. And it becomes more about individual characters surviving or like the st- like there are stories. There are full-on stories in each episode where li- their lives are not in danger. Like, for example, Josh, when uh, Penny is with... Uh, that guy, I don't remember his name. The one that likes her. Uh, uh, VJ, I think his name was. Yeah, VJ. And they're in the they're in the trash area trying to get information on on Smith. No one's life is really in danger. That <clears throat> that whole storyline, like in the episode, there is. I think that's the episode where the dad is in the well. But, like, there are full aspects of episodes in this show where lives are not in danger. But there is a, a holy shit, someone might die this episode in every episode. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I don't know. It just takes a slightly tunnel different turn for season two. About halfway through. About maybe a, one, one, a, a third of the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I wasn't exactly sure how to feel about it right away because I think I, I kind of liked the whole Robinson Crusoe sort of, uh, not Robinson Crusoe, but uh, Robinson. What's the fucking book called? Sister Family Robinson. Jesus yeah. Christ. Wow. I was like, oh, that's not correct. Robinson Crusoe is not correct at all. Uh, no, yeah, it was but, it was originally based off the Swiss Family Robinson, just you right. know, in space. Which, funny enough, I learned a lot of people don't know that 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 the uh, fucking Lost in Space is based off that. Which I was like, really? How do you not know? <laughs> I thought it was pretty obvious, but um, uh, I really like that aspect. I like that they were going the route of so the Robinson in space sort of thing, and I thought that the series is going to continue going that way. But they were just straight up like, nope, this is a this is a better, smarter sci-fi show, and we're not gonna we're not gonna stick to that formula, where we're gonna go off track a little bit. And come along with us if you want to enjoy this. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll stick around. And I, I thought it was a lot of fun. It just was different than season one. Is my point. Yeah, it, it it was in that regard. You know, of course, they're also all back on the resolute, and now they're dealing with new challenges. Um, which I thought were very interesting, you know, like the Resolute can't move on to Alpha Centauri because the engine is missing. And you find out that the reason the engine is missing is because it was the robot species. It was their technology. And you find out that, that, um, the planet, uh, the impact event that, was basically shutting down Earth's ecosystems as a result of the impact. It was a crashed alien ship, and they wanted the technology, and they just built the Resolute around the ship's engine and control bay. Yeah, which I um, thought was a very clever way to tie everything together to make it all seem mm-hmm. like a cohesive plot. Instead of it, because I think that was a concern of theirs. It clearly was to me with the, how it was written, was that maybe they thought fans would think that the show was kind of made on the fly. But I think they really wanted to emphasize like this has been where we were going all along, and I think it worked. I really did. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I I really enjoyed that because now it's like okay. We are not on a planet where our existence is being threatened, but we are staying on a nearby planet. But then it turns out there is something on a planet that is threatening their existence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just it's just, it's just wild how shit just snowballs and everything, but it works. You know, the science behind the show, I've heard complaints that it's not the most scientifically accurate, and that's okay. I'm fine with that. It's not so far beyond that it takes me out of the story, though. Well, there's a lot, like, the way that they handle the whole, like, we went into space way, way sooner than our... our our evolution was supposed to have us to feels very Mass Effect-y. Um, if you've ever played that series of games, that's exactly what happens. They go to they go to Mar- we go to Mars as humans. We go to Mars, and we find this old technology from what's called the Protheans, and uh, we use that technology to get into space. And other aliens you meet up with in that sh- in that series, well, other species you meet up with that in in um, 
that aren't human look at us as fucking Neanderthals because, well, to them we are. We didn't develop the technology on our own. And yeah. that's kind of where this show goes. It's like, oh, we didn't make the technology on our own, so we don't fully grasp it. Which is a really fucking cool concept. There's a few things I wasn't the world's biggest fan of in this show, and that was like the whole horror episode when they get back onto the Resolute. I was like, eh, I didn't think this was necessary. This feels like I like I like that though. I I enjoyed it. Um But yeah, I mean if they have an episode list, you know, that's one way to stretch it out just a little bit. But it yeah. didn't feel too much like filler. Um because the way that they wrote it in, it made total sense. It did like, make okay, sense. That it's like, okay, we had a compromise of the ship due to an alien species attack. They took our engine. And as a result, everybody's planet side right now, with the exception of just a minimal skeleton crew uh, on the Resolute. So all the people that are planet side, you know, they've been there for about seven months too. And they'd been doing rather okay. But the, one of the things to get the resolute going again, they were going to need a lot of water on the resolute. And this leads to another plot point where John, the father of the Robinsons, who is a great character, fucking love him. um, (coughs) He goes down into this well to see what the issue is because the drills for some reason wouldn't work anymore in the well. They pushed through a gas pocket or something. They said, you know, all kinds of shit came out in the air, but then it wouldn't work anymore. And he goes down to try to investigate. And then they started having engine troubles on their, uh, their chariots, the little vehicles that they keep in the Jupiters and, they had discovered some type of contaminant that basically ate metal away, uh, just made it so brittle. So that was a really cool thing. And of course they got to figure out how to counteract that and quarantine it. So it doesn't get on the resolute, but it just so happened it did because one of the fucking maintenance workers had a terrible accident when he was younger and, He's in a motorcycle wreck, and they had to reset his knee, and he had pins in his knee to hold it, hold it set in place. And I can tell you from having a surgery myself, my hip, my left hip, when I was a teenager, became dislocated, and they had to reset it and pin it into place with four pins. And that fucking hurts on rainy days and cold days and long car trips. It sucks. So this dude, you know, he's walking around in pain. He's showing signs early on. He's suffering. He's in agony. And he gets back on the Resolute, and it's just like, boom, he collapses, and he can't get up, and they have to help him up. They noticed, oh, man, you're bleeding. He's like, that's weird. I don't remember being cut, but it was bleeding internally. And that stuff had gotten into his blood and eaten the metal away out of his body, and his drops of blood, boom, it was in it. And all of a sudden, now the Resolute's fucking in danger. And that was a really cool thing to see. Yeah, one thing about this show, I will say that this is both a critique and a thing that I liked. So it's a weird way to put this. But I really would like to see a sci-fi show that takes itself similarly to how Game of Thrones did. And I don't mean the ending for anyone that wants to be fucking smarmy about it. What I mean is... 
it's it's lack of giving a shit about the characters. And I don't mean that in terms of character development and all that stuff. I'm talking about like if it benefits the story, a character's death will happen. I want it to go to that route. I want to be surprised. I want to not know if anyone's going to survive. This show does not do that. This is at best PG or PG-13 sci-fi. Yeah. But it's fun in that regard. Oh, very, very fun. Yeah, I know that I can watch this with somebody who's younger because it's it's not as intense. Um, but man, do I want that fucking R-rated sci-fi mo- or show? Like, I want that show. Like something like this that's really fucking smart, but also. Well, we got that. We got that altered carbon. <laughs> well, that's more cyberpunky than it is sci-fi. I well. want something that takes place in space that's like that. I'm not saying this show should be like that. I think Lost in Space works better as a family sci-fi. Yeah, it absolutely does. Um, I'm just saying, like, there are some moments in the show that I was like, man, it'd be really cool if they just killed off that character. <laughs> Boy, it'd be, it'd be really interesting if they just failed. <laughs> but that's, I don't know, that's morbid, but that's definitely me. Because I just, I love... One thing I always I always said that I loved about like uh, Walking Dead, the comic book, not the fucking show, um, and uh, Game of Thrones was that it clearly was like we don't care if you like this character, nobody has plot armor. Yeah, nobody. and the Walking Dead, sadly, some of those characters have nothing but plot armor because they should have had their asses eaten seasons ago. Again, um, I should not emphasize this I'd- enough. If you read the comic, it's way different. The only and way better. Yeah, I was like, the only character in the comic that has plot armor is Rick. And <laughs> he didn't make it. Well, he died. That's the thing. I knew I, he needed to have plot armor just because he's the lynch, like he's the titular character. No, he's not titular, but he is the main character. And I knew that the yeah. comic needed to end when he died. And so, it did the very next issue. <laughs> right, right, right. But that's I think that's the thing that I loved about Walking Dead. Like in the comic, this is about midway through the whole series. Uh there's a scene where um two characters are walking down the street. They've already been attacked once, so they didn't think they were gonna get attacked again. This was around the time of Negan and uh uh the guy with the fucking tiger, I can't remember his name. Um Oh yeah, King Ezekiel. Ezekiel, thank you. Um, and this was like, I think Eugene and the guy with the fucking biker mustache, Abraham Ford, Abraham. Thank you. So they're literally walking down the street and they're talking about the girl that's in their group about like, you know, cause they, one of them got caught cheating. I don't remember the, how the fucking comic goes. It's been such a long time, but they're just walking down the street talking about her. And in the middle of the conversation, Eugene gets a fucking arrow to the head. No. It's Abraham. He takes it through the back of a head and it comes out his eye. Okay, well, okay, I got that wrong. Sorry. Point is, is the the, the comic in that at that point did not give a fuck. Um, uh, uh, it, it it just like I know I'm spoiling a little bit of the comic if you haven't read it, but to yeah, me, it's been out for comics been out for a long time and it's been over for six months, so it's okay. I know. Uh, my point is, is the thing I liked about that comic about. Game of Thrones was that truly nobody had plot armor 
unless it was like a major character. And even then in Game of Thrones, it didn't matter. Everyone thought Ned Stark was the main character. He was the only one with plot armor. If you watch season one, you know that's bullshit. Yeah, you, you kind of need it on the back of the neck. <clears throat> <laughs> so I really want a sci-fi show that plays like this show, that has the same kind of sci-fi attitude, but has that threat of like, oh shit, someone might die this episode, because that's never going to happen in this version of the show. Um, and again, that's not a problem for the show. I think it works as a family sci-fi I just really want that sci-fi show that looks like a family sci-fi, but the fuck it is. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things you and I talked about that was really fun when Infinity War came out was everyone's reaction to all the characters dying. Spoiler alert to Infinity, Infinity War. If you oh, I fucking that. loved it. I fucking loved it because everybody in there. Yeah. Everyone's sniffling uh, and <laughs> everybody was just so like pin drop, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> just people are looking at me. Well, yeah. Cause if you, that's the thing is like you and I read the comics, you and I knew that Thanos was going to win, mm -hmm. but all these other people had no fucking clue. So I just, I love that stuff. I love that. Like, the the threat of like not knowing what's gonna happen, I truly fucking thrive for that shit. This show doesn't give me that, and I think that is a slight knock to the show, but not an entire, not like a detriment to the show. So I think I've I think I've iterated that as much as I possibly can without fucking annoying the audience. So <laughs> yeah, but uh. Yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff that I think this show does, especially towards the end. Um, I think season three is going to be really interesting uh, due to the events that happen at the end with this major split in characters. Yes. I'm very excited to see where that goes. So, And I think it was greenlit for season three already. I could be wrong about that, but I'm I've you know I've not seen anything about it being greenlit for a season three, but I am hoping that it does. Um, yeah, same here. And if it does, we'll likely review it. <laughs> I think the only thing that would stop us from viewing it at this point is uh, Josh and I get into some really big, hot-headed, hot and heavy drama, and we end the podcast. I'd never do that. I just make you angry, and you just—I'd never do that. I just make you angry, and you say, "God damn it, podcast canceled," and I'll be like, "No." Well, yeah. Well, and uh, well, that's the thing is, I'm always fucking around with that. Like, I'm never serious, but I'm talking about like some serious, like, 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 like. You know what I'm talking about? Like, with the seriousness and the like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah uh should we give our final thoughts on the grade sure you go first sorry <clears throat> throat scratching my bad <clears throat> i really um I, I really enjoyed season one and i thought this season was an improvement on season one 
Uh, it wasn't perfect, but I never had a moment where I was taken out of the show. I never have a mo- had a moment where I was bored. I was intrigued and curious to see what happened. A couple of parts that felt a little predictable were, but a couple of parts that I thought would be predictable swerved me, and that was good. You know, uh, beautiful, well done, well shot, well edited. Uh, You see some great character development and growth even further from the first season in some of these characters. And I, you know, I hope they give us a season three. I got to give it an A. Okay. Um, I mostly agree with everything you said. I, I, I feel like there was no real character growth with Smith until the very fucking end, uh, which bothered me quite a bit because I felt like I think he got glimpses of it early on, but you know, was it? just to cover her ass or was it genuine? And I think some of it was genuine, but she just fell into old habits. Um, They tried to give us some background with her. They tried to give us some like flashbacks of, of why she is the way that she is. And, and it just stemmed, it just read to me as like, Oh, she has a bad family. Like, I, it didn't. It didn't really give me much about her, and I know that they tried. And I don't hate Smith. I think Smith is a fantastic character, but I think oh, Smith she is a, was. I think Smith is a fantastic character because she's a bad guy. Um, I think she works as a mysterious. I don't need to know anything about her. Bad guy. Um, like I said, the show is PG sci-fi. So having just a black and white bad guy is fine. I, I she doesn't always need to have a redeeming moment, um, and they try to give that to her multiple times in the show, and I just didn't care. Uh, I, I didn't think it mattered. Like I was like, I like her already. You don't have to force feed me that. So that was my only issue with her character was that they just really tried to hammer that in. Um, other than that, like, and the, and the horror episode that didn't matter, <laughs> didn't like, it didn't change anything. Like, it, I guess it introduced us to Scarecrow. Yeah. But you could have introduced us to Scarecrow outside of that. Well, I mean, you also got a horse in the cafeteria. Somebody's going to have to clean that up. There's poop in there. That that was a funny line. <laughs> well, I love like one of my favorite characters is Don. Is oh, good dude! That, yeah, yeah, he, he is great, absolutely great. He has a he has a he has a great line at the end of the last episode. Not at the end, sorry, towards the beginning of the last. Is the last episode second to last? It doesn't matter. Um, they're setting up this room to to like stop all these robots coming. Spoiler alert! Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, his line is. Does anyone remember when we had time to do stuff? Because yeah. that's, that's the crux of this show. Like they never have time to do stuff. Like, yeah. There's always a time restraint on everything they do. It's like, and, oh shit, uh, we've got, you know, 90 minutes to get ready for this or So yeah, that little fourth wall breaking <clears throat> line was a lot of fun and I really appreciated that. 
So I give, you know, show props for not, you know, for they, 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 they have a consciousness of like, we know this show's kind of silly, but thanks for coming along with us. Yeah. It's a fun fucking ride. That's the yeah, thing. So, so I, I really appreciate that. And again, like, like Josh said, it is fun. Um, but I don't, I don't in good conscience can give this any, any higher than a B plus. I really can't. Oh, that's, that's fine. That's fair. Uh, it's fun. It's worth your time. It's definitely like a, a show you can watch with the whole family. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there are moments in it. I think smaller kids might be spooked. Like again, the horror episode. Um, but overall, I don't think it's so bad that they would have nightmares. So no, I wouldn't think so, but I think that's what I like about it. It's it, it, because it is a family sci-fi show and you can watch it with your family. Like it's, I can't, I cannot in good conscience give it any lower than a B plus. So there you go. All right. That works, uh, man. Yeah, it works. Yeah. Uh, shall we move on to our second show? Oh, the second show. What? What was that other show? Oh yeah, we watched The Witcher. The Witcher. So um, if- prior to this show, I just want to ask you: Did you ever have any interaction with the Witcher universe before? Yes. And what was that interaction? Witcher three. Okay, so you played the video game The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. I played about 10 to 15 hours of that game originally. Here's the thing. That game is very interesting because you can play hours and hours and hours and hours of it and never advance the story. Um, Because a lot of the beginning of the game is just teaching you about what a Witcher is. And not so much... like, So the Wild Hunt is a creature within the, in the universe of the Witcher. Um, they're like an undead <clears throat> army of some shit. And, mm-hmm. uh, um, when you get to the further part of the game, they become the major threat. The first, like, I want to honestly say 20 hours of Witcher three is quite literally like task, task management. You are just, you're just doing things for other people. You're, yeah. you're, and, and, I don't. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. I just that's how the show. That's how the game is built. Yeah. So I didn't really know the Witcher. It's like the whole like universe that exists in that well. Yeah. I certainly didn't fucking know who Dandelion was slash Jaskier. Um, yeah, man. Because um, I didn't meet him when I played my playthrough. But I did oh, meet hey. you know Siri, and I did meet uh, um, yeah. Jennifer. Okay. Yeah, now my exposure to The Witcher back in 2007, I bought the video game for the PC. The, the first like, one? The very first one, The Witcher okay. Enhanced Edition. I'm actually holding the physical copy of it right here. Games for Windows, PC, DVD, Witcher Enhanced Edition, Mature, 17 Plus, made by Atari. Never even played it. Never even played it. <laughs> because at the time, a lot of things were going on. Birth of my kid that year. Uh, I was also going through some severe medical issues at that time. Yeah, I, I understand that. Uh, and I just never got around to playing it. And, you know, then we moved and it was packed in a box. And 
you know, after moving and then a couple of years later moving again, it was put on a shelf and I just never got around to it. And then I come to find out PC is so advanced it won't even run this game. So if I want to play it, I'm going to have to buy it on Steam. Um, but what I didn't know, <clears throat> I knew there were video games. I didn't know there were novels. And apparently these novels, they started as a series of short stories. And there's, they were seven, written, there's seven books total. Yes, yes. And the they're known as the Witcher Saga, the short stories and novels. Uh, the short stories were collected and printed into the first book, I believe, yes. which is known as The Last Wish. That was published in 1993, but the st short stories actually started in 1986 was the first one. Fun, the, fun, uh, fact, fun fact, mm -hmm. the, uh, the English translation of The Last Wish didn't hit bookshelves in America until 2004. Yeah, I know. That's another thing I was going to say, but thank you. Okay, sorry, um, I thought you were moving on to the next book. <laughs> no, no. It was, uh, these, these were written by a Polish author, Andrzej uh, Subkowski. Forgive me for butchering his pronunciation of it's, his name. Yeah, it's really hard to pronounce correctly. <clears throat> Yeah, but then there were Sword of Destiny uh, in 92. So it was actually printed first as a novel, but then the short stories were collected into the first official storyline the next year uh, to precede it. And then there was Blood of Elves in 94, Time of Contempt in 95, Baptism of Fire in 96, The Tower of the Swallow in 97, Lady of the Lake in 99, and then we didn't get the last book in the series. I, I don't know if it's the finale or if there's going to be another one coming, but Season of Storms in 2013, so 14-year so, gap. So that quintology right there, that five books that you just listed, the last five, mm -hmm. um, are one whole story. Oh, Nice. Yeah, like I, I did a lot of research on this, and like he those so the short stories that were collected were actually written in a Polish magazine. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, uh, it was so popular that that's why he decided to write a whole like a whole series. Um, but after he wrote that fifth book, he was kind of done with it. He was like, uh, you know, like it's it's fine and all, but I want to move on. And he's written a ton of other uh, novels since then, but that was okay. it for Witcher. Okay, it's The Last Wish and Sword of Destiny. Uh, they are both just short story collections that begin the tales. Yeah. And then The Blood of Elves, Time of Content, Baptism of Fire, Tower of the Swallow, and Lady of the Lake. That is the Witcher saga. If I'm not mistaken. And then Season of Storms is a standalone uh, novel. So like the story with the Strega in the show mm -hmm. is one of the short stories in The Last Wish? Yeah, or, yeah. Like some of the some of the shorter isolated stories that exist in this show, which not a whole lot of them, but there's a couple of them. Mm -hmm. um, those are actually from the books. And uh, what's interesting about this show is it takes place way before the books. The books never ever talk about Yennefer's uh, um, origin. They just yeah. allude to it. Like there's yep. a, there's constant conversation about what she looked like before she became a mage. Um, and, and, and all you get was, oh, well, I was a hunchback. No, uh, she never get... says that. She never says that. The only person who referenced her that she might have been a hunchback is uh, Geralt. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, it's fascinating. Like that. I really want to get these books now. Yeah, so um, do I. Um, well, what's, what's also I want, really I want to play all three of the games now. Well, here's the thing that's really fascinating is that after the last book came out, mm-hmm. um, that's when a an RPG, like a tabletop RPG, had come out, had been made. Wait, what? Oh yeah, yeah. There's a full on like tabletop RPG that exists in the in the Witcher universe, and um, that actually are, became significantly they- more popular amongst fans than the novels were. And that's what the game, the first game, is based off of, is the as the tabletop RPG. And then when CD Projekt Red got and made number two and three, it's still based off of the tabletop RPG. But it wasn't until Wild Hunt that Witcher just blew the fuck up because CD Projekt Red did such an amazing job with that game. Um, well, from what I, I mean, I installed the first one and played it for maybe an hour, but that was when it first came out back in 07. So I don't remember shit, but I remember it being pretty awesome for the time. But that's that's pretty, uh, pretty outstanding. Apparently, the video game series has sold over 33 million copies worldwide. Most of that is Wild Hunt, straight up. Like, the first two games did not do that well. They were not as popular, not by a long shot. It wasn't until Wild Hunt came out and all these like video game uh, studios were just like, this game is outstanding. If you're not playing this, what are you doing with your life? Um, which I think is really interesting. Like This series, this show we watched on Netflix, Josh, and I'm not mm-hmm. kidding when I say this, likely would have not happened if Wild Hunt wasn't successful. And that's fascinating. But here's why that continues to be fascinating. Nowhere in the advertising for this show it doesn't does it even mention, mention the video games. It doesn't need to because it's not based off the of video games. It's based off the books. But it's, its ability to be produced is because of the success of the video games. And that is what is fascinating. <laughs> Though, I mean, yeah, the whole thing is fucking, it's just like, what? So I, I loved like I, I was reading all about it because I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking spoil my my review. I fucking loved this show, um, which is fantastic because I mean this is something that's right up my alley. This is the kind of thing that I fucking dig. And Greg, you know, for the most part, he's never been into. I'm not super into medieval based fantasy stuff, whereas I am, and. Uh, I always no. say, I, we, Josh and I have had this conversation quite a bit. I feel like if you have a very heavy-handed story, you need to have levity. You need to have something there that makes me laugh. If you don't, I, I tend to not care. And thank fucking whatever God you believe in for Jaskier. <laughs> thank God he is in the show. I, I, A, fucking love him. And B, he is a much-needed, like, break from the heavy-handed shit that Yennefer deals with or that even Siri has to deal with. Um I oh fucking dude. There's okay, so much so, about this show that I love. Something about this show and I will say this. This show is not your typical uh series. It Oh no, no, it's not. It is not your typical series. You're not and American audiences, they are used to, in recent years, 
everything just being explained to them as it unfolds. Like, you know, here's this, and this is the backstory on it and why you should. Now you're up to speed. Let's go off. No, Okay, here. We're going to tell you about this thing here. This show doesn't do that. It just thrusts you in to the storylines. I mean, it it, 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 like, it eventually fill in the gaps, but yeah. It eventually does, yes. It's eight episodes. They're about an hour apiece. And it, um, a, a, a friend of mine said, man, I didn't know any of this shit. You know, they, they should have done a better job explaining that for people that didn't know anything about the books or the games. It's like, no, they shouldn't have. Because them doing what they did, they followed these episodes. They're episodic, but yet they're ultimately tied in together. But they're each like the short stories that were first written. It's like the short stories being written. And that's how the format's presented. And it's wild. And there are just little clues here and there to key you in on the major thing that happens. So it's not a series that you can really watch, you know, half-assed paying attention, you know, glancing down at your phone, Ooh. texting back and forth or anything. There's a lot of shit there. Here's the crazy part. So I watched the show relatively blind. And I say relatively because, you know, I saw that, like, yeah. Henry Cavill plays fucking Geralt and, and whatever. But I didn't know about the time hopping stuff. I didn't know that it was going to play that. And yeah. um, uh, so I went into a blind and I figured it out really quickly. It was like the end of episode two. I figured it out. I was like, oh, shit. Okay. So all it, is, it, are- it, it was episode three, I think. Uh, when they no, when they make it apparent, oh, okay. I, had, yes, 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 yes. I had suspected, but I wasn't sure. And then I started episode four and I was like, wait a minute here. And there was one little scene in three that cemented it, that cemented the idea that yes, these are taking place across different time periods. Um, and it's a you know, if you're blinking, you miss it. And you're not going to know. It was one of those little scenes. I, I was like, son of a nuts, bitch. I think what drives me nuts is that for me, that certainly wasn't the case. Like, I I saw it super fucking early. I saw it super quick. It definitely no, wasn't I, a, I had the suspicion. It just wasn't concrete and rooted. I just heard so many fucking people say out there like, like, my dad, for example, was like, I really didn't like the time hoppy stuff. Like, I wish they had just given it to me straight and blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, no, that would have fucking ruined the show. You, If you just got it straight, then it's like a one episode. That's bullshit. It's, it would have been boring. Like, I, I think that this, the way that they told this story, like, elevated it. And and I, 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 I know that they're not going to do it for season two. They've already kind of said that. Yeah. But, I mean, they, they did this to cover the short stories. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think that they need to do it for season two. No. But, but I like that they did it for season one. It kept me invested, kept me guessing where, what, like when it was taking place. And, ah, fuck, man. I just, like, I think that's why I liked it so fucking much. And it got me so in, invested and involved was that I was just, I was like, when, when are we? Not where are we? When are we? And, mm-hmm. I, and I wanted to keep exploring that. But I've heard, again, I've heard countless people say, I didn't like that. I'm just like, why though? Why though? It's so good. Oh, it's absolutely good. And you know, uh, it's it's <coughs> sorry. It's 2020. 
we're 12 days in. Now, we watched this, and we're going to record it originally, um, you know, last week. You know, we were going to record on the 8th, but this came out, what, the week of Christmas? I think right before it. Right before it. Lost in Space came out on Christmas Eve. Yeah. So, The Witcher came out a couple days before that, yeah. So we we've had plenty of time to watch it and everything, um, but both of those my dad. both of those were very very late entries into the year. You know, a lot of people they'll say, "Hey, what was the best things you watched all year?" Witcher made my top five. Yeah, yeah. If, <laughs> if we're talking about shows we watched for this podcast, then yes, absolutely. I feel like there's a couple things I watched this year that would have pushed it out of the way that aren't on Netflix or aren't that we didn't review for this podcast. But other than that, I can't say that because I mean, I watched we we watched a lot of great stuff. Yeah, a lot of people were going on about how much they adored The Mandalorian. I've even people had heard people say oh, it was the greatest thing I watched all year. I was like, you know what? I loved it. It was fun, but it doesn't even crack my top ten. No, Mandalorian played it safe for the most part. I feel like yeah. Mandalorian very much played it safe and played it, you know, for family stuff. But mm-hmm. Witcher, a thousand percent, should not be viewed. It is no, no. If you have young children or children who are not quite so young, but still not quite old enough to see this, like my daughter, um, it's like yeah, you can watch parts of this show, but then there's other parts we don't really want you watching yet. But uh, there was a moment that I think you'll find really funny, Josh. That it's the third or fourth episode, maybe the fourth episode. It's when um, it's the whole episode that deals with the uh, uh, law of surprise. Yeah. Um. So at this point in the show, it's already it's already established that uh, Sintra falls, right? Yeah. So this episode shows shows like way before that, and uh, like at least ten years before that, at the very least. And so it's um, actually it's actually fifteen years before I think is the appropriate time. I honestly could not remember how old Siri was at, at the fall of Sintra. I was like, oh. I think she's fourteen. That makes sense if it was fifteen years. <laughs> anyway point i'm getting at is is i was downstairs making dinner and i was watching that part of that episode with my dad laughing at like jazz gear and all this kind of stuff and but before that <laughs> they go into the castle and my dad's just like oh this is interesting oh that's mouse sack no no uh no confusion there and then the queen shows up and he's just like why is she alive greg help <laughs> <laughs> And I the fact that. the fact that the castle fucking um, advisor is named Mouse Sack. It's like, why is he called Mouse Sack? Does he have like really tiny fucking nuts? I mean, what what gives here? I, I need to know. I always establish if there's a character named something like that, it's because of their history and maybe like he was a serf at some point and he was picked up to be a sorcerer. Like kind of like how uh, um, Jennifer was. Mm-hmm. So there was a shitty name he was given just because, well, serfs weren't educated. 
Um, that's what I assume, but yeah, they never explain it in the show. Yeah, Unless I don't remember I them doing it. No, no. I wonder if that's touched on in the books at all. I really want to get these books. I now. never saw anything <clears throat> when I was reading about the books, but then again, I wasn't looking too much about the story. I just know that like not everything in this show is directly from the books. No, no. There were some things that were completely created, and there's a pretty good oh, YouTube there- video out there that yeah. shows the 10 biggest differences between the show and the books. And honestly, you know, those things that were added in, I think, only served to help the show. So I'm I'm happy for that. Yeah, like like it like the whole like again, I, I established there like the whole uh, uh, Jennifer's uh, uh, backstory is completely original to the show. They 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 briefly talk about it in the book, but that's it. Um, and the fall of Sintra, you never see that in the books. Ever. Yeah, and all this stuff was really interesting to see, and you know, it gave like it gave gravitas to the situations at hand. It made them yeah. mean more when you see these things have happened, or so you know. I really, really enjoyed that aspect. Yeah, um, I mean, again, like one of the thing, like one of the things that made me so happy about this show was that again, it wasn't linear, and. When I when I saw things that I knew happened in the past, and we knew that uh, the outcome of what was happening, it made me so fucking happy. I was so mm-hmm. ecstatic that this show was like telling me this story in a in a way that we don't usually see in this genre. We almost never see it in this genre, and I was just like, "Oh, this is so rad! This is so fucking cool!" So I I don't know, man, like. I know, I know it's weird for you to hear me say I love this show as much as I do, considering my history and distaste of most things fantasy. I just think you've been tasting the wrong fantasy things. Probably. Probably. Um, I, I think that's the thing about fantasy is, like, if you're going to give me a fantasy setting, boy, g- give me some of that magic shit. Give me that, some of that good magic shit, because otherwise it's just not as fun. And that was something that was fascinating is, you know, the the way these characters can wield magic, like the wizards and witches, how they wield magic and the trials they have to go through. Well, yeah, I love the, like, uh, law of equivalent exchange situation. Like, I don't know. Did you ever watch uh, an anime called um, Full Metal Alchemist? I have not, but I I know enough about it to keep up. Okay, so you know about the whole law of equivalent exchange in that show, right? That no, explain it to me. I can't keep up with that. Um, when they go to make, when they go to use alchemy to make something, you like have to create, give up something of equal value. Yes. So, and that's why what's his name doesn't have an arm, or that's something. why the younger brother doesn't have a body. Um, oh yeah, Alphonse. He doesn't have an entire body, and his like yeah. his spirits in the armor. Yeah. Uh, like there's there's that whole law and they're like and this this story wasn't 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 that wasn't that so they could get their mother back from death? Yes, because their okay. father had already like like disappeared or died. Okay. I won't spoil that because that's a whole like end end game sort of situation. But uh <clears throat> I highly, oh. highly recommend Josh, no joke. And and people that listen to this podcast, if you can back me up on this. I love both series of, of uh, Fullmetal Alchemist, but 
if you're going to watch one, watch Brotherhood. One, watch Brotherhood. Yeah, that's what I've been told. Yeah, because like the original is good, it's fun, but like about halfway through, they catch up with the manga and they have to tell their own story, and it goes way the fuck off the rails. Um, uh, but the Brotherhood is the manga. Okay, okay, so that's all you need to watch then. Well, yeah. then that's what I'm going to watch then, because that's yeah, on I, Netflix. I, I highly, it's one of my favorite animes of all time. Like next to okay. Cowboy Bebop and fucking like Death Note. Mm-hmm. But um, this show uses, sorry, Watch Witcher uses the idea of Law of Equivalent Exchange, that to use magic to a proper extent, something has to be sacrificed. And yeah. I adored that because I have never seen that in fantasy, personally. I've like maybe that exists somewhere in the fantasy stories, mm-hmm. but I had never seen it, and I was just like, ooh, in a hundred percent. So, oh, you're talking about specifically when that one girl first learned the hard way and her hand withered? Yeah. Yeah. Or like at the end with the girls that were throwing the fireballs. Oh, yeah, that was fucking crazy. That was brutal. Um, Yeah, like I, oh, man, that shit got me rock hard. All right. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> I'm figuratively, figuratively, guys, not serious. Uh huh. <laughs> it's okay. You can say you 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 can say this show made you jerk it. That's fine. I, I mean, no, but I'll, I'll say this much: Holy shit, is this show horny? <laughs> yeah, super fucking horny. <laughs> like, and I don't mean that in a, in a like in a, in a silly sense. Like, genuinely, like there are shots of. Henry Cavill, borderline nude, and then there's a ton of booby in this show. Tons of booby. Um, yep. It is extremely horny. Um, but you know, I feel like I feel like The Witcher just is as a story. Like the games are, from what I understand, what I've read, the books are so. Well, I mean, you know, that's something that in America people shy away from um they don't like talking about sexual things they think oh well that's private man every one of us has put something somewhere so it's nothing to be ashamed of um Uh, i'm not alluding to anything specific but i have no shame but that's not this type of podcast so uh, i just like the phrase somebody is everyone's put something somewhere well they have I just, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not true. It's just funny. Yeah. But they act like, oh, I could never tell anybody about that. Why not? Oh, yeah. yeah Washed People, off, didn't it? We're, we're definitely a, a sex positive group over here, but. Um, hey, your kink may not be my kink, but I'll never shame your kink. That's all I'm saying. What if my kink is kink shaming? Well. I can't be down with that. So then I would be shaming your kink. So that's fucked up. Uh, <laughs> that's actually, that joke is from an old Vine. Uh, you remember Vine, right? The six second video app? Yeah, it lasts all about 12 seconds. <laughs> no joke. Uh, I mean, TikTok is the new Vine, but yeah, you're not wrong. There was a, there was a Vine, the, 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 this guy, he's a comedian. He, he was like, the, the bit started off with, uh, 
Um, he, him just going, you can't kink shame me. And the second guy goes, well, yeah, kink shaming is my kink. And then it goes back to him as the first person. He just goes, uh, ah! and then the video ends. And it was just, it's one of my favorite fucking vines. It was hilarious. Mm. So I uh, use that joke. I use that joke frequently. That dude's on TikTok and he's hilarious, but. Um, TikTok has transformed into a comedian's app, whereas previously it was like, hey, these teenage girls are doing a dance. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, I kind of joke with about this show being as horny as it is, but if you've watched even a little bit of it, this is this should not come as a shocker to you. Uh, I mean, it's really no worse than anything you would have seen on Game of Thrones. Yeah, I was gonna say it's as horny as Game of Thrones for sure. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I I I enjoyed it so. I enjoy. I I ain't I ain't, ta- I ain't shaming it for how corny it is. No, I mean if you're going to shame something, you know the uh, what's that? What's that show on HBO? Uh, John Goodman and Danny McBride are in it. The Righteous Gemstones. Have you seen that? No, I have not. A lot of wiener in that show. So if you oh. want to see Walton Goggins wiener, you can watch that. I'm on it. No, I'm joking. I mean, a lot of wiener in that show. Show's funny. Wiener and booby. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of wiener in this show. Just a lot of like boob and butt. Mm-hmm. Now the butt is on both sides, so you see yeah, a lot yeah. of. But yeah, no wiener, as far as I remember. No, I don't remember the wiener. Uh, there's just one of the things I love about the Witcher, <clears throat> by the way to get off the topic about sex stuff because Jesus Christ, you stood on that for way too long. Um, hey, I can't I, help it that you don't have stamina. Wow. It's a hell of a, hell of a dig you just threw there. <laughs> I appreciate it, but was not expecting it. Uh, one of the Those are about, the best ones. <laughs> one of the things I love about this show is it's bestiary. It's it's creatures and like the, oh that's the, something I wanted to bring up earlier. I love the the creatures in this show. Yeah, yeah. The fucking the the like weird wraith zombies at the end and the strega, uh, the fucking spider swamp mm-hmm. creature that we see in the very beginning. Like oh, it's so rad. Very heavy metal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the you know the um, goat. Like guy, can't remember what he was called. Oh yeah, Fuck you know that. when they met the elves. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember what his uh, what he's called. Fuck. But but yeah, man. I mean, there's there's three main characters this show revolves around. You know, Geralt, uh, <clears throat> Geralt of Rivia. Uh, he's the main character. And then there's Siri and Yennefer and man. Siri, I love, yeah, I love how, you know, she's been this pampered princess her whole life. And now the kingdom's fallen. She's on her own and she's seeing what, you know, she always thought of her family as benevolent and good to the people. And the people are just like how much they fucking hated her family. And were not upset at all that they were overthrown and killed. Uh, 
that was just some wild shit. It's like, you know, I love it when characters are taken out of their surroundings and totally placed into uncom- uh, an, uh, extreme discomfort, something that they're not akin to, which is why Jaskier fucking becoming the traveling partner of Geralt was so awesome. Yeah. Oh, speaking uh, of his name, by the way, I wanted to kind of touch on this for like a second. Yeah, so in the novels, he was called what? Dandelion? Oh, in the novels, in, 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 uh, wow, Jesus Christ. In, in, Poland? uh, po- Polish. I was trying to think of the fucking language. Um, he is, he is called Jaskier, but that's because Jaskier is Marigold in Polish. So when they were translating it, they were like, Marigold, that's not manly. Dandelion. So <laughs> the American in the English translation is called Dandelion. And so for this show, um, they, they just, just brought kept it back. Jaskier's original name, okay? Yeah, because they felt like they felt like naming him what he's named in the Polish version sounds cooler, which I agree, it totally fucking sounds cooler. Well, yeah. Um, but having it be Marigold would have thrown, I think, a lot of people off. Um, and having it Dandelion would have really turned a lot of people off from him. So I'm cool with Jaskier. Oh yeah. Dude, I really enjoyed his character. Well, his what's really fascinating about his character in the books too is like he is Geralt's best friend, arguably only friend. Um, well, you know he's that in this. Geralt won't admit it, but he is. He well, that's absolutely is. Because there's there's that it's a symbiotic relationship here. You know, Jaskier goes, I, I get to hang out with the Witcher and I get to make songs off of him, which gain me popularity. And while, while Geralt knows that by him making the songs, uh, he's no he's not as much of an enemy to the people because people kind of he's hate not as yeah, he's not as feared and they'll be more likely to ask for his help. So he in turn can make some coin, you know, to get through the the day essentially can we we talk about how fucking catchy that goddamn song is the fact that there are multiple metal versions of it on youtube not just amazing oh i know there's There's other things too version there was like 18 fucking remixes there's i saw a uh, a folk version like oh well that can go right the fuck off i'm just saying like everyone's making their version of Toss a coin to your witcher. Oh, yeah, I don't. I don't want to hear the Mumford and Sons version of X for damn sure. <laughs> they can go Mumford and fuck off. Yeah, well, fair enough. <laughs> I'm not into folk music either. I was just. Oh, I hate it. I I loathe it. But see, <laughs> here's the thing: in a show setting like this, it works because that would be appropriate for the time. Well, isn't a bard? A bard's music isn't folk, if I'm not mistaken. It's, it's not. It's not so folksy, but yeah, it's telling a story, and it's it's very braggadocious, grand, grand, self-aggrandizing, and you're also you also remind me of my dad a little bit with your pickiness on music because you are a metalhead. Um, I am. I'm not in the slightest. Like I love metal. Don't get me wrong. I'll listen to fucking metal, but I'm not picky the only thing i don't like listening to literally the only the only style of music that i'm not a fan of is country oh i absolutely loathe that shit too and mainly because like when i was younger 
my mother is all she would listen to she would never let us listen to anything in her presence unless she was listening to country it was fucking maddening because i hate that fucking just exaggerated twang and i hate the sounds of certain instruments and the style that they play them so i've never been a fan of the music ever since i was a little kid um so when i discovered you know rock uh and then later on metal i was just like yeah this shit speaks to me fucking love it gets me moving man gets the blood pumping oh um, uh, there's my history of music is very very but different that's, in regards to like i think i think a lot of it has to do with where now like i was like i don't want to know i want to know every single song that he's going to parody so i listen to every style of popular music and I said don't get me wrong i've always been a fan of his stuff too ever since i was a little kid you know and i don't you know i don't listen to metal and only metal i know i just I'm, there are certain types of music out there like country that i fucking hate uh you know and around here where i live it's like people are into bluegrass man oh <laughs> um that's funny because like, like blues traveler i love blues traveler no no i'm not talking blues traveler blues traveler's fine i'm talking okay. like bluegrass banjo picking fucking papas on the front porch fucking singing and shit and people playing fucking washboards and blowing the jug kind of shit there's a grand total of 12 teeth among them yeah they're like eight guys on stage, 12 teeth in their fucking mouths, collectively. <laughs> like, you ever see, oh, brother, where art thou? Yeah, 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 yeah. I adore that fucking movie. Absolutely love that movie. Most of the soundtrack was, was written by a guy who lived 20 minutes from me. <laughs> no, I'm not fucking kidding. Ralph Stanley. He's like... Ralph Stanley is like a god to these people here. Uh, they they took a building downtown, would have been a perfectly wonderful bed and breakfast or rec center or something like that for the youth, right? They turned it into the Ralph Stanley Museum. Wow. You know, to attract tourists. Oh, well, Greg, there are there are fourteen hundred people in my fucking town. It is a little shithole in the middle of nowhere with two traffic lots. It is the asshole just near the asshole of Virginia on the taint, you know, right there, the taint, almost to the Robert. asshole. Yeah, well, you know, not, not this part. It's for <laughs> fuck. It's okay if you're into your cousins or your sister, I guess. I don't know, but um. <laughs> But, like, like we, we're going to build this Ralph Stanley Museum, and it's going to bring in so many people, and our town's going to make a shitload of money. I think it's made, like, 12 fucking dollars over the past 10 years. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand it. You know, if you dig that kind of music, cool. But I just can't get into that shit, and especially when it's shit like that. Okay. You know, and then Bristol, it's not far from here where my sister-in-law lives it's 90 minutes away that's no, known it they identify as the birthplace of country music it makes me want to just fucking firebomb the place <laughs> i was gonna say like my my thing about like country or uh, bluegrass or whatever is it, it's all dependent on the situation because there's only a very select number of like things of music that i'll listen to willingly and it's nine times out of ten two styles 
country. I'm sorry, country. Jesus Christ, comedy, or um, uh, like uh, like electorate, like like no mu- like no no uh, music, but it's all like it reminds me of video games kind of thing. Like goddamn sandstorm, fucking Darude. I mean, that's played out the fuck, but yes, that style of music. Like uh, like a little bit of that Daft Punk is my jam. I mean, you know, that's fine. I don't hate on that. Some of it I can listen to. Um, you know, I mean, that's 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 the kind of music that you know people can really have fun to dance to, shit like that, get their blood going. You know, I'm down with that. It's not for me, but I don't hate on it. Right. Country, I'll fucking hate on all goddamn day. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I and and folk music is just. It's like country without the amplifiers. <laughs> so it's even well, worse. When I, when I grew up, I grew up. I grew up quite a few years after you. Uh, you were a little bit older, and so I seven up, seven fucking years. It's not quite a bit after. Come on now. Well, when you think of it from this perspective, seven years can mean a lot when you're younger. We're older now, so thirty six to. Wow, my brain just stopped. I was like, "Yeah, I'm 29." Seven. Yeah, I'm 29. <laughs> All right, you stop it. Um, it doesn't matter seven now. Seven years but, difference. But like, if you're 14, you have a different concept on the world than I would have because I was seven. Do you see my point? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but now it's all relative, and it doesn't matter at this point. But no, yeah, no, what but, you're saying. But yeah, when I was younger, uh, the big thing at the time was like Garth Brooks and and uh, oh fucking god, yes, it what was. I like to call pop country. Also, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus, a uh-huh. breaky fucking heart. Shit, I hated that. That's all my mom ever listened to. That's Dude, all I in the car. Uh, funny story. You know, back in the day. Uh, and I know we fucking just, this has turned into a music discussion because of a fucking bard. Fucking bards have a way of doing that in fantasy. I'm going to tell I you. I love Jaskier. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. It was a funny story, man, you know, and uh, rest in peace to my friend involved in this story. Uh, she passed away a couple of years ago. Really miss her, but this is this makes me laugh every time. One of the worst goddamn songs I think ever in the history of fucking music is that song Way Down Yonder. In the Chattahoochee. Oh. I'm sure you've heard it. Right? <laughs> yes, I have. I know exactly what song you're talking about. Fucking despise that song. <laughs> she and I were going somewhere. It's like a Friday night. We're riding around shooting the shit. And she's like, oh, I got this awesome tape I'm going to put in. Because, you know, cassette players. Uh, like 93. Had a, I drove a Chevy Cavalier. Had a cassette player in it. She pops that in. And I was like, oh, hell no. I hit eject. She starts laughing. She's like, I want to listen to it. She put it back in. I was like, no. And I ejected it. She put it back in. I ejected it. This went on for about two full minutes. And finally, I was just like, I said, I'm not listening to this goddamn song. And I grabbed the front of my tape deck and I jerked it right the fuck out of my car's dashboard. I was like, yeah, we ain't listening to this shit. She started singing it. I was like, no. I will drive uh, off a bridge, I promise. Oh, god damn it. Uh, that's, yeah, really, really miss her. That's, I, that's uh, a fond memory. No joke. I remember I remember getting ready in the morning to go to seventh grade. And uh, Leanne Rimes was huge at that time, but she was also uh, very young. 
God. Yeah, and she was I remember like calling... 14 or 15 when she came out with that song. Yeah, yeah. So she was close to my age. And I remember uh, the oh, radio station saying, my. why don't you call in and tell us a crush that you have? And I was just like, oh, I have a crush on like." But they said had. They wanted adults to, tell, to call in and say which ones they had a crush on. But I was like, I'm a kid, and I have a crush on Leanne Rhymes. I don't know what a crush is at that time. I'm like, I'm just now going through puberty. And uh, so I call in, and I was like, Leanne Rhymes, and they thought that was amazing. So they gave me no joke. They gave they like they sent us a bunch of bumper stickers and shit for the radio station. <laughs> They're like, that's so cute. We'll try to let Leon Rhymes know, and I don't know if that ever happened, but wow. Yeah, it was a you were, you were a loser. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's <is> rude. <laughs> oh god damn it. Uh, oh, so Craig, what did you think of the Witcher? What's your grade on it? <laughs> uh, it's an A plus for me. I enjoyed every aspect of the show. I didn't have a bad time with any of the episodes. I thought the the side stuff with uh, with Geralt that was amazing. I loved Yennefer's story. I loved the time hoppy stuff. I I want more of this show. I know they just greenlit it for season two, which oh, is it was already greenlit. Better. It was already greenlit before season one was done. Oh, that's before, right. Yeah, 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 before it was released. Yeah, we talked yeah. about that. Um. Yeah, I just there's nothing about this show I dislike. I, I uh, quite it literally. Also, well, sorry to interrupt. It also was the show that dethroned the Mandalorian as the most watched show in the world. Yes, it did. I think it's only though because of the sheer subscriber numbers of Netflix over Disney Plus. But still, the show is fucking wonderful. Continue. Um, one of the things about this show that I thought was so interesting was that a lot of people were saying it reminded them of like the old Hercules episodes or, or uh, Xena warrior princess. And I totally get why there's a lot of shots in the show that seem like they are. Oh, how do I word this correctly? Um, they didn't have the effects budget that a lot of other shows have benefited from. So yeah, some of the effect shots are a little weak. Well, there's a lot of there's also a lot of practical stuff in the show too. So there's like, a hell of a lot of practical effects. Yes, and I think a lot of people, younger people especially, they don't really appreciate that stuff. So I think that they were immediately kind of like, I don't know about this, but I have not heard anyone dislike the show. I know that my dad said he didn't like the ending, um, which I was really surprised to hear. I was like, I was like, wow. why didn't you, why didn't you like the ending? And he was very adamant that it was, uh, it was um, confusing. And I was like, why is it confusing? He's like, well, it just doesn't feel like it has a definitive ending. Like it feels like there's going to be more. And I'm like, yeah, it's called a season two. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's part of a saga of stories. There is a finite end. It's not there yet. This is the first part. Yeah. And uh, he just, he, there was a lot of stuff he didn't pick up on, like that I was telling him. I was like, I was like, yeah, like, um, uh, Geralt being like imprisoned for like a really long time. He was like, oh, that was like a short period of time. I was like, no, he was there for a hot minute. Um, but like he didn't like the battle at the end with all the with all the mages and like the uh, the Dude, Niflheim mage, army. That mage battle against the Niflheim was awesome. 
Yeah, oh, it was fucking. It was so rad. He was like, "And what happened to Yennefer?" And I was like, "Well, I can promise you, she's not dead." Well, how do you know? Because she's in every fucking story after this. She's in the entire five-part book. Like, she's not fucking dead. I can promise you that. Spoiler. That's uh, barely a fucking spoiler. I mean, if yeah. you just look off The Witcher, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, like, yeah. Games take place after the books, and she's still there. Yeah. Like, it's a it's it's a misnomer. I think the show preys more on, like, other characters you don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, straight up, the end of the first episode surprised the hell out of me. Oh, yeah. I wasn't I was expecting not, that. Nope, not even kind of. Um. Are we referring to the fall? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was not expecting that either. Being vague in case anyone hasn't seen, even though we've spoiled quite a bit, not going to lie. Yeah, Um, but not like a lot of terrible specifics. No. Uh, This is really a show that you need. Oh, were you done? Uh, With your grade? Yeah, I'm going to give it an A+. Fuck it. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm also going to give it an A+. Uh, I've had a couple of people say, yeah, it felt too Xena Warrior Princess, Hercules to me. And I'm like, and I couldn't make it through the first episode. I was like, no, give it a chance. Give it three episodes. If it's going to hook you by the third episode, fine. But I'm pretty sure if you stick through to the end of the first episode, if not, and definitely the second, you'll be hooked by then. Uh, and if not, okay, it's not going to be your bag, and that's fine. But it's for the budget that it has, it's got some really strong effects. It's beautifully shot. Uh, they found they, they wherever the, their location finder is, like that person needs a raise. I'm pretty sure they filmed a lot of it in Romania. Good lord, like that brilliant fucking spot. Like, there's a shot where Jaskier's following. Uh, Geralt and like he's like that joke about like on the horse or whatever like that on location shot was gorgeous let's see uh, Wikipedia it was filmed in central and eastern Europe principal photography began Halloween in Hungary on 2018 and then they actually moved production in March from Hungary to Gran Canaria in the Canary Islands some scenes were shot on La Palma and La Gomera as well. And filming ended at the uh, Grudziniec Castle in Poland. And they wow. wrapped filming in May of 2019. So, um, One of the cool things about this show that I, will, I do want to mention, I totally forgot until just now. Uh, Henry Cavill, huge Witcher fan. Like, Dude, he he did this part so much justice. He pulled it off brilliantly. He was talking about an interview. I think the story is fucking right. I think you'll enjoy this too, Josh, in case you haven't heard it. He um he heard about the role being made. He heard about the show being made. He heard about the role of Geralt, and he was like, I really want this role. So he contacted his agents and said, do whatever you can to get me this role, at least an audition. He went in to do the audition, and because of his knowledge of Witcher, his knowledge of Geralt, he nailed it, right? Oh, the author of the book, he said, he is my Geralt and shall be forever so. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he's like, I'm happy the viewers and readers, if they take anything away and anything that will reach them in some way, I hope that it will leave them, you know, Hot in every sense, not tepid, not lukewarm, 
So he's just like, he's super into him being Geralt. He loves it. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he's very, he was very happy with the success of wild hunt. Um, and I know that he's very happy with the success of the show and he's very happy with how both are made. So, um, I, I really like, I've been playing wild hunt and it's, it's, it's so, it's so much better now that I know the world a little bit more. Awesome. But, um, the thing I was going to say also that I thought was really funny about, about uh, Henry Cavill is that he almost missed the call for the audition. Um, wow. Apparently he was uh, raiding in world of Warcraft. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. See, he... <laughs> that's, that's outstanding. That's I think one of my favorite, one of my favorite moments in an interview he had was uh, he was talking about that. He was talking about his history with the character and that he had loved the game and he read all the books and all this kind of stuff. And, um, and the interviewer goes, Oh, you played the games, uh, PC or sorry, not PC. He says PS4 or, or Xbox, PlayStation or Xbox is what he said. PlayStation or Xbox. And his legit reaction. Did he was, say PC master race? No, but it was definitely written on his face. Cause he just kind of had this like, like, what the fuck did you just ask me kind of face? But he just goes, PC. <laughs> gotcha. It was very funny. Um, yeah, I'm very, very happy with, with him playing Geralt. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and like I was saying, you know, I'm giving it an A+. Plus. It's well casted. It's beautifully shot. The locations were genius. Uh, it's, it's fucking fun it's intriguing it presents you mystery it keeps you guessing it keeps you wanting more it's long enough to tell a satisfying story but short enough to leave you wanting more and i absolutely do and i can't wait for the next season so fuck yes like i said it's one of the best things i watched in 2019 absolutely adored it yeah fuck yeah no. It, I don't know where I'd place it on my list, but it definitely is is going to be in the top five for sure. Um, well, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. Like, oh God, we went we went long. We got off on some tangents, and that's totally okay. Yeah, it's, it was it was fun conversation. We never we never got boring. I don't think I wasn't bored. Were you bored? Let us know. No, I wasn't can... bored. Although I, I do admit I was distracted by something going on early on in the episode, and I did kind of lose my train of thought and i apologize for that but i kind of heard that i tried to try to serpentine there when i heard you getting distracted i was like oh uh, hey things yeah Uh, yeah, that's that's totally my fault uh all right well i mean it wasn't my fault but something was going on that i was concerned about that caught my attention and was not intended to catch my attention i feel bad about that it's okay shit happens um well guys it certainly does uh, this has been fun. Uh, sorry for the late episode again. When medical issues come up, it just kind of happens. Um, but guys, uh, next week. Well, uh, in a few days. Well, technically in a few days. Uh, Josh cool. and I will be back with another episode of, of uh, Uninhibited. Um, I promise you it will be nothing like you expect because I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Um I was going to say, Josh, that we were going to do another uh, game of, of uh, the, 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 the crazy um, news headlines. Crazy news wanna... headlines. But I remember that we already did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did that last time. You know, yeah, I don't want to no. wear that out. I don't like breaking it out maybe once every four to six weeks. 
Absolutely, but, uh, absolutely. That's why I stopped myself. I was like, no, we're not doing that, Greg. What the hell is wrong with your brain? But I will say what we are reviewing for the next episode, the next review episode, is uh, the Netflix-BBC joint production of Dracula. Dracula? Dracula. Uh, written, in, uh, written by uh, Stephen Moffat and Mark Gaddis. Uh, Really Stephen Moffat of Doctor Who and Sherlock yeah. and Gaddis of Sherlock, yeah. Huh. They uh, they did this, and I've already watched it. I will not say anything on this episode because I don't want to spoil my reactions or thoughts before then. The other thing that we're going to be watching comes out this Thursday, and you guys know Greg and I are big video game people. And this is also video game related. It's an anime based off a video game series. And I don't know how based it's going to be, but there are three games in a series. They're the Ni No Kuni games. Well, there was one apparently for the DS back in the day. Oh, shit. All right. So Wrath of the White Witch for the PS3, that was the second game. But I'm pretty sure they're just standalone games. They're just in what this I, I don't know. But I've not played the, game, the newest one. What I know about the games is that they are pseudo-Pokemon-esque, where it is it is capturing animals of some kind? Maybe, like, well, Well, the, the one I've played, which is Wrath of the White Witch, um... Yeah, you do capture monsters and train them to fight along with you, but it's not like Pokemon where it's just you're having Poke battles. I mean, there's a pretty right. epic storyline, and these these things can these things can assist you in your combat, right. uh, and right. you can level them up and things like that. But that's just a small aspect of the gameplay. I, know, I, I will I will I will say. Uh, Wrath of the White Witch, Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch, made me cry my eyes out. That story is so good, and the animation done for it was done by Studio Ghibli. If that's how you pronounce their name, wait for the sh- for the for the mo- for the show for the game. So oh. I'm going to assume for the show as well. I'm looking at it right now. Um. Yeah, I, I wanted to play Nunakuni, but I couldn't because, well, I only have an Xbox. It, well, it was a PS PlayStation 3 exclusive. It's yep. now on the Switch, though. What? Pretty sure. Motherfucker, it is. Holy shit. Okay, yep. <laughs> Goddamn. Goddamn. Yeah, the games are Nunakuni, Dom- uh, D- uh, Dominion of the Dark Jinn, which is yeah. a PS game. Yeah, then that was the first one. Hot Hatroit Stories, which is a mobile game. Hmm. Uh, Wrath of the White Witch, which is a PS3 game. Mm-hmm. Dibokin Monsters, which is a mobile game. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, then Relevant Kingdom, which is a uh, Windows or PS4 game. And then Ninokuni Cross, Cross World, which is a mobile game for both oh, Android so and iOS. There are several mobile games, huh? Yeah. And then now this show. So there's a card game. The hell. So yeah, there's a social. You know, card it's game. it's it's growing in its popularity based on the one game, which I fucking adore. 
Um, I'm hoping that the series is good. I know it was like exclusive to Japan for the first five months. Uh, so it aired over there months ago. But hey, it's the first time it's available for us. It's exclusive to Netflix and that qualifies. So yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, same here. But right, before well, we get out of here. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, where, where can they follow us, Josh? Just, yeah, know. that's what I was going to do. I was going to say, before we get out of here, we'll just tell you where you can follow us on social media. If you'll look down below the show notes here, the description of the show, what we're talking about today, you'll see various links. And they are linking to our Discord server, which we're always available at, except when we're sleeping. Uh, so if you want to chat with us there, you can do so by joining the Discord server. The link is attached uh if you want to you want to help support the show help throw a few bucks our way um anytime we do get things like that you know everything is put into uh towards the podcast itself it's 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 not free to host this and produce it you know um so we greatly appreciate it when somebody buys some merch you can do so at our red bubble store a uh, lot of uh, products there, and I think, yeah, it's great. Time, I think it's time we, uh, you know, maybe do some new designs. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know that, like, uh, there's a few ideas that you and I have both had because currently the two designs that we have, which are very, you know, very awesome by uh, our good friend Genocide Squirrel, mm-hmm. he, um, they're, they're both very much us looking super fucking serious. But I realized that when we use that to do our ads for um our streaming nights we both look like we're just like come join us for fun Humph. i'm like maybe we should have one they're smiling <laughs> yeah yeah i, I, I don't know we're, we're, we're definitely gonna do something new and it's not like that will go those will go away they'll still be in use oh, of course of course of course new designs but yeah you can uh follow the official official facebook page uh that's where you can get official updates for the show and then there's also a discussion group that we keep swearing we're going to be more interactive in and never follow through on because we're terrible garbage humans. Um, but you can join. But uh, also the Twitter and Instagram accounts are linked below. So follow us on all those social medias. And if you want to follow me or anything like that, you can find me on Facebook under my regular name. My Twitter and Instagram profiles are linked to my public Facebook page, so you can follow me on those if you wish. As for shows I appear on, aside from this one, I appear on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel every other Wednesday on a a review show, a live action figure review show called Figabangin' with Ace Milo and our friends. Um... And then every Friday night around 9 p.m. Eastern, I appear on a show called MPSP Theater. It's short for Masterpiece Shit Piece, but, you know, uh, MPSP is just the more polite way of saying it. And it's publicly displayable, whereas the other is not so much. <laughs> but you can catch me and my friends... Uh, cutting up, getting goofy, and talking about various news topics in the pop culture and nerd communities uh, on a weekly basis. That's every place. Yeah, yeah, man. We love it when you get to come on. Um, Speaking of, Greg, where can people find you? 
Uh, you can find me on just about any social media site under Chub Rock Geek. Um, you can also find me on Twitch under Chub Rock Geek, where that's where Josh and I usually stream our Jackbox nights. Uh, I'm Which we need to have one soon. I was just about to say, like uh, this upcoming Saturday, I really want to try to get one in. Um, Saturday this, the 18th? Yeah. The, this this holiday season has been just exhausting, and yeah, we didn't, we, we didn't get it over. We, yeah, we haven't done one for weeks. Um, but I know I'm I'm dying to do one. Our friends are dying to do one. So come join us there again. That's that's twitch.tv slash chubrockgeek. Um, and I think that's it for me right now. Um, you can also follow me on YouTube. I'm gonna start trying to do quick short form like video game reviews or movie reviews. Just kind of sitting in front of the camera and going like, I like this thing for this reason. Um. Which I'm, you know, just 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 for fun. So if you want to follow me there, or go subscribe as they call it on YouTube, uh, please do. Other than that, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's Excellent. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for being here. Again, if you have any suggestions for topics you want us to talk about on Uninhibited, hit us up on all the social medias like Josh just mentioned. Um, go check out Witcher and and. Uh, uh, Lost in Space, they're fantastic shows and then watch uh, Nino Kuni and Dracula so you can join us in two weeks from now well, a little, little under two weeks from now um, and uh, be a part of that discussion um, also, if, if there's anyone out there that uh, feels like they want to promote a show that they're on and be a guest on here, hit us up let us know, we'd love to have a guest on during Uninhibited or maybe one of the regular podcast episodes um, yeah, we, we really had a fun time with Sam. Uh, yeah, absolutely. M- one of my co-hosts from MPSP. Uh, we had a great time there. I know uh, I know my friend Nick, also from MPSP, said he would love to come on the Dracula episode and talk about it. Absolutely. Get him on so, here. Hell yeah, uh, man. Um, and you don't have to watch both shows to be a guest. You just have to know that we're probably going to talk about the other show in a spoilery context. So Yeah. Um. We try not to tell every plot detail, but, you know, Josh and I get excited. Josh and I get excited. Um, but yeah, yeah, but I don't get excited and start telling them about my boners that I get like you did earlier. It was a figurative boner. It wasn't a real boner. It was like an imaginary boner. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. Hey, imaginary boners are real. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Was it something else you saw that's not about the show? Yes. Okay, gotcha. All right, guys. I think that we're going to call it there because uh, I have to go do things. Um, Namely, adult things. That sounded wrong because everyone does it of every age. I mean... Go to the bathroom is my point. So we're going to wrap this up. What's up? Fuck it. I'm in a war with a mouse, and this mouse just provoked me. Oh. I, I live I live on the edge of the woods, like literally tree branches touch my house. In the wintertime, mice find a way in. This little motherfucker has been so I'm fucking with me for five nights. I'm, I'm going to stop you there because you're going to tell that story on Uninhibited is what you're going to do. Yeah, I'll tell the story on Uninhibited. Stay tuned. Me yes, versus mouse. Me versus fucking Tyrannosaurus mouse. mouse. Hold on. Hold on, Josh. Mouse say tongue. All right. <laughs> Mouse say tongue, huh? I'm not gonna. I'm, no, 
I mean, that's 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 funny. That's good. But I'm this little motherfucker. Me and him are going to war. And maybe he did read Sun Tzu's fucking Art of War. I don't know because he's been giving me fits for five fucking nights now. <laughs> I see you. I s- fucking see you. Get off of the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, I gotta go. Holy gotta shit. Go. Thank you for listening so much. We love you guys. And uh, you know what? Toss a coin to your witcher. Yeah, take care, everybody. I'm gonna go fuck up a mouse. <laughs>